Want to navigate your way from book idea to bestseller and beyond? You're in the right place. Listen in for interviews with industry experts and inspiring authors who are making their mark in the world of independent publishing. Get ready for down-to-earth, actionable advice and insights from those who know the business best. Welcome to the She Gets Published podcast. Here's your host, best-selling author, transformational book coach, and indie publishing mentor, Lynette Pottle. Hey, hey, my soon-to-be-published author friend. Welcome back to the show. Here's a question for you. Have you ever found yourself just getting ready to write or maybe take the next step on your path to publication and your inner mean girl shows up telling you all the reasons why you're not good enough, smart enough, experienced enough, (laughs) you know all the things that you shouldn't be writing this book. I know I have and what I've found is that imposter syndrome shows up in many ways and many forms, but when we expose it for what it is, we can acknowledge its presence without it stopping us in our tracks. That's why I wanted you to meet today's guest. She's someone I've gotten to know over the past year as we've spent time together in a mastermind environment, and it's been a topic of conversation on more than one occasion. I know that you will glean a value-filled nugget or two that you can put to work in your own life the next time you find yourself questioning your abilities. So let me introduce you to our guest, Nancy Foss. Nancy's a highly acclaimed speaker, author, and renowned voice expert with a passion for helping others connect to their authentic voice and personal narrative. As the founder of Studio Boss Media, Nancy has established herself as a leading authority in the voice niche of the publishing industry. Additionally, her talk on the TEDx stage has captivated audiences around the world, and her many publications and books have received widespread acclaim. Today, Nancy is joining us during a break from the Empowered Voices Tour, where Nancy is researching the psychology of fear and seeking universal wisdom from people with empowered voices. One of the manifestations of the psychology of fear is, you guessed it, imposter syndrome. Sounds interesting, right? So without further ado, let's dive in and talk imposter syndrome with Nancy. Here we go. Nancy, I am so excited to have you on the show today and so appreciative here in the middle of your world tour, your Empowered Voices World Tour, taking time out to come talk with us at She Gets Published, the podcast. Thank you, Lynette. I'm super glad to be here because this is just, this is part of the tour, the opportunity to reach a million people. That's my goal. And so I'm sitting at about 100,000 right now in September of 2023, and I cannot wait to grow it. So thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk to your audience. I think I can really add some value. I know you can. And that was clear in a recent conversation that we had. As I talked about in the introduction, Nancy and I know each other from a mastermind that we participate in. And we were recently having a conversation where imposter syndrome became part of that conversation. And it was very quick to tell that that would be of great value to everyone listening to this podcast. I know I can say with full transparency, imposter syndrome is something that I have dealt with in the past, and it comes up occasionally still, even though I've done a lot of work. So I think 
the value in this conversation is helping our listeners no matter where they're at, because even though you might think that you have a handle on imposter syndrome, it can show back up. So tell me a little bit, Nancy, you have kind of some interesting insight and some background from the psychological standpoint of fear and what's behind imposter syndrome. So why don't you just give us a quick take on your perception of imposter syndrome and how it plays into your work? I would love to. So as a professional singer and a performer for 25 years and uh, also a voice teacher, imposter syndrome comes up for every performer, for every opening show. Nobody goes into the first show of anything from, from Beyonce to Broadway to a speaker on the stage. Nobody does it the first time without thinking that they're going to fake it till they make it, that they are imposters. So it is such a core part of being a performer that it kind of surprised me when I realized that other people think that imposter syndrome is a problem. <laughs> but I will tell you that um, with, with all those years of coaching performers and speakers that I could give the speaker or the performer every tool in the book, but if they didn't believe in themselves then all bets were off when it came time to show up with their voice. Um, as an author, though, also, I realized that the words that I put on the page that other people are going to read, that's my voice as well. And there wasn't one of my books that I didn't wonder, oh my gosh, do I have the right, am I the right person? Is this the high enough quality? You know, that type of stuff. So that imposter syndrome totally shows up for us as writers. And that's why I'm super excited to discuss it today, you know, ways to work through it and ways to look at it. Yes. And you talked about your books and you have multiple books. And I'm guessing that that same kind of tape shows up every time, right? It isn't just one time, the first time author. It's something that shows back up. Did that for you? I, I know it does for most people. Well, with my first book, I think, which was Singing 101, the imposter syndrome was so strong um, and I just published it. I just released it without having other people read it because I was too worried that they would be critical and wouldn't like it. Right? I mean, like that makes no sense. By the time I put out my fifth book, <laughs> I had many, many, many people read it so that I had tons of social proof that this was a quality book, that I was not an imposter. Um, and, and so that's definitely part of my growth is having as many people read it as possible before it goes public. Yeah. Great strategy for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, the subconscious. I know brain science and subconscious, this all plays into things and you have some really deep understanding around this. And if you could distill just a little bit of your wisdom around that to take us deeper into this conversation around what's behind imposter syndrome and how do we navigate it? Yeah, I, I, the sources of imposter syndrome uh, is a is a great question, and it's very important to look at that. So, like with any performer uh, or anyone who uses their voice, written or spoken, there are things that you can do to treat the short term problem, the symptom, or you can do the deep work and get to the root, the root of the imposter syndrome or the fear or the doubt. So, if we were just to look at the symptoms of imposter syndrome and then look for short-term fixes, that would be, you know, quick, like, let's do this today, get it done with work. Some of the symptoms of imposter syndrome are that we work too hard. We work too hard mm -hmm. because we never quite believe that we're going to be good enough if we don't work too hard. So the short-term fix for working too hard 
is ask yourself, how would it feel if I were to accept good enough? And just to process Mm. that, it's like, I'm working too hard. Wait, what if you were to accept good enough? How would that feel? Another symptom that imposter syndrome shows up with is downplaying your knowledge and your abilities and your skills. I'm not, oh no, I can't, I shouldn't, I'm not good enough. So how would it feel if you did daily reminders of your awesomeness? I have just done a feng shui in my bedroom where I used to have (laughs) the view from my pillow was of my family portraits. That meant every morning and every night I was waking up and going to sleep to the family traumas. (laughs) Not not helpful for self-empowerment. And I did a feng shui treatment on my bedroom. And now what I see from my pillow when I wake up in the morning is some of the coolest stuff that I've been able to accomplish. And it reminds me every night and every morning that, oh, yeah, you've been given amazing opportunities and you've taken them and you've done the good stuff. So that is part of my daily reminder of my awesomeness so that my confidence doesn't wane. That's beautiful. I've got a couple of more um, symptoms in mind. And then if you have any, it'd be great to discuss those too. So one um, symptom of imposter syndrome is that people see you as a perfectionist. And this kind of lines up with the working too hard. A perfectionist, somebody who's always got to get it right. It's got to be perfect. And we already talked about accept good enough. But I'd also like to mention that if you were to ask yourself, how would it feel if I talk compassionately to myself? Well, it's fine to do that, you know, say, okay, fine. I'll talk nicely to myself for this moment. But to make it into a practice, to become the person who every morning and every night does their gratitudes. In the middle of the day, you check in and you say something nice to yourself. You know, like, oh man, I've, I've done a lot of great work. Or, you know, I maybe didn't do much great work today, but I sure took care of self-care and that was good for me too. <laughs> so with that perfectionism, practice, add it to your daily routine to do compassionate talk. And you might think about doing that in writing. Because clearly as an author, writing is one of your vehicles for your voice. So it doesn't have to be just in your head. You can put it down on paper or in your computer. And then the fourth symptom that I just thought of bringing up today is comparing yourself to others and constantly seeking feedback. As Mm. if what you do isn't good enough, if somebody else doesn't approve it, or if it isn't very similar to someone who's great. So comparing yourself to others is like, well, Hemingway wrote this way and I'm not as, you know, honestly. And then um, the other one seeking (laughs) constant feedback is if you've got a mentor or a writing coach or a Lynette in your life and you're constantly saying, you know, is this good enough? Is this good enough? But what really needs to happen for you as a voice artist through your pen or through your keyboard is that you need to define your own terms for how your writing is going to look. Just move forward with that with confidence because you can only be you and you're the only person who can be you and look within for that approval. Read that paragraph. And if you say, you know what, I don't need to seek feedback for this because I'm the authority and this paragraph is good enough the way it is. Good enough, not perfect. Yeah. I think we can really get caught up in that external feedback loop, needing that validation from an external source. And 
it's different. It varies from getting support, editing support or getting coaching is different than looking for that constant validation. And I think sometimes that can look like a fine line. It can get a little blurry, but when we really reflect ourselves, I think we can tell the difference. We know the difference when it is like, is it a case of not feeling worthy? I think that's a deeper dive, maybe root cause in this conversation. But um, just knowing the difference between when are you seeking support to elevate your work and to put the sparkle and shine on your brilliance that already exists or looking for validation that you are good enough. Two really different Um, approaches there. You're listening to the She Gets Published podcast with Lynette Pottle. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe. In in my book, The Teen Girl Singing Guide, uh, a co-author on on that book with me, we created a a chapter that talked about performance anxiety for teenage girls when they're going to get up and sing. And a graphic that we use in there is perfect for this situation. And that is if you can imagine a sliding scale where the left side is practice and the right side is performance. And you have to decide how close as a singer or a speaker or as a stage performer, you have to decide how close am I to the performance date. And when I am there, then that slider has to be all the way over into performance mode. There's no practicing left. So how does that apply to us as writers? Well, of course we practice writing and our first draft might be a practice draft, but at some point you mentally have to slide over into final draft performance ready. And at that point, there's no more practicing. At that point, you say, this is good, this is fine, and I'm moving forward, despite what anybody else says, because you've done the work. Yeah. And that's a tricky spot because it's easy to get, um, when we go into that spiral, to get stuck in that editing mode of just a little bit better, just a little, oh, I need to change this one thing, or I'm not sure if people will accept me or see me as the authority if I don't do X, Y, and Z. So always getting caught in that spiral of refinement and our work is never perfect until it's released to the world, right? That's so right. that's as close to perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Gymnastics, getting that 10. That's the thing that I think about, you know, but there's very little in life that we have to be the perfect 10 every single time. For sure. Yeah. The um, the trick that I did with um, the book, The Singing Through Change, which was three of us authors, um, the other two were much higher degrees of perfectionism because this was their first book. And what we did there was we hired an editor who she she was a this is good enough editor and it was excellent mm. you know the the editing that she did took it up a level but they would come back and say is this sentence clear and she would respond it's good enough. And so having yet another person feed you that information was very useful for us. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So when we're shifting into this, like raising our awareness around the conversations and the patterns that we're developing, what are some mindfulness tools that you find to be useful? I love this sliding ruler visual because I'm a very visual person. So that's super helpful. Is there anything else that you can offer up as maybe a strategy in this area? Yeah, I do think that um, that solving those short-term symptoms, you know, with, with your mindset, like we talked about with accepting good enough, daily reminders of how awesome you are, um, having a mentor uh, who reminds you that you're awesome is also quite useful, and um, defining your own 
terms of what's good and what's not and using that. Don't keep sliding your scale. But I think what's even more valuable is doing the work to get to the root of the imposter syndrome and find out why you have this. What is this insecurity, this doubt? Because the doubt makes cracks, but let the fear come in. And if we mm. can figure out what's caused us to doubt, then it's amazing when you can work in confidence. What a huge gift, right? It's a great feeling. So looking for the sources of the imposter syndrome, it's coming from negative subconscious stories that we believe about ourselves. And those negative subconscious stories that are in our mind oftentimes come from when we we're kids, but not always. And the sources can be our close family. They can be our community. The organizations that we belong to, churches, political parties, it can be the society as a whole that tells us that you shouldn't be doing this. You're not the right person for this. People who look like you, people who come from where you come from, don't do this. That's where society can give us those negative stories that aren't true. And then probably the most interesting thing to me right now, because I'm doing a deep dive on this source, is ancestry. What stories from your grandmothers, from your great-grandmothers, from the ancestry of being a female, uh, what stories do you need to reject in order to move forward with confidence? So I work with uh, people to completely eliminate the imposter syndrome, the fear, empowering their voices is what I call it, and to become fully confident in, in who they are. And I'd be happy to talk about how I do that. Yeah, I know you have some exciting things that have just maybe even today, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, some some brand new ways that you're working with people on this. Why don't you go ahead and share a bit about that right now, Nancy, and then we'll um, circle back. Sounds good. Through, through all of my uh, years of research that I've been doing on the psychology of what it is that hampers our voice, what keeps us from sharing our voice. I found that the finding the subconscious root was really, you know, like I said before, the essential thing to do. So now I get to address that from the stage as a professional speaker. I also write articles about this on LinkedIn and on my own blog. And I've just put out your Empowered Voice course on Udemy. All of these are giving the same information in different ways. And I'm super excited about the Udemy course because that's U-D-E-M-Y, because that's available to everyone anytime. And once you purchase it, it's always available. And Udemy runs some really good sale prices on that course. So that it, those are all the vehicles for the method that I work with people. And should I go into that method a little bit, how it is that I help people with this? Because they can get started on their own. Yeah, I love that. If we can get maybe a first or second step, just start to make some movement here and then they can go grab your course because, and let's stop and just say, congratulations on launching the course. That's a big deal. That is a big hairy deal. And I know how much heart you put into it. And so I just want to congratulate you on that. And thanks for sharing some of that goodness with us here today. Oh, I appreciate it. It is good to celebrate with somebody. I'm glad we're talking today. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the method that, that I use in the course, I call it the BOSS method, which my, my last name has one S, B-O-S, but the BOSS method has two S's, B-O-S-S. And the B stands for beginnings, that finding the origin of the negative story that's sabotaging you is core. 
And that origin, like I say, it could be from your ancestry, from society, organizations, community, and family. And I think look at family first. Look, where did a message come to you that told you, well, let me give an example. If your family always set the bar very high, and any time you got close to reaching that bar, they raised the bar, which they mm. thought was helping for self-growth, but you actually learned that you will never hit the bar, that becomes a message that you internalize. And some of the other sources of message are if if somebody actually told you that your writing is awful. I remember, you know, I've written four best-selling books. Nonetheless, when I was a senior in high school, my English teacher did not think that my essay was good enough. And I still remember that, right? Yes, so I have yes. to deal with that. Yeah. So grabbing those stories, you have to find that source, the beginnings. That's for the B of the boss method. The next step is overarching perspective. So I look at that story, for instance, the high school English teacher, and I look at it from my current analytical mature perspective. For instance, maybe my English teacher was sick that day or had gotten in a fight with his spouse, or perhaps he was just feeling really grumpy, or maybe he graded on a curve and had to give somebody the bad grade. There could be a <laughs> lot of reasons why I did not get approval from the teacher. And it doesn't have anything to do with the quality of the books that I put out now. So I should not let it cause me any doubt. It should not let the fear come in, the imposter syndrome. So that is one way of looking at the story from my current analytical mature perspective and thinking, does this really apply? Does it really have anything to do with what I'm experiencing right now? And once you take that power away from the story, then you're going to be able to start to overcome that. You're taking some power away from the fear at the same time. And then the third and final step is the two S's. You're going to love this one. The S and the S are spin the story. So you take that story that was negative before and you choose a new understanding that empowers you to reduce the impact of the event. And so again, with let's see, maybe you can help me out. I've never dealt with the story of my English teacher not liking my essay. So help me out, Lynette. If I were to choose a new <laughs> spin the story that empowers me to reduce the impact of that event, do you have any suggestions for me? Oh my gosh, on the spot. Let me think about that. If you were going to spin, if I was thinking about spinning that myself, and that's not far off from some stories that I hold of my own. So um, it's like, oh, okay, this is deep work. Um, spinning that. Well, I think you started that, right? Other other causes besides your work that would have, it yeah. wasn't about me. It wasn't about me. The story yeah. isn't about me. The judgment wasn't about me. The moment was about him and not me, you know, so finding exactly. a way yeah. of, yes. Oh, I was just going to say, you can go into full Wonder Woman pose with this and you can think <laughs> if he was such a great writer, why was he teaching high school English in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which is where I'm from? <laughs> How many best-selling books did he write? Not one. So that's my full Wonder Woman pose. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And it's, it's really, you know, it's fun and it's playful to be able to talk about it in that way and so deeply powerful. And I know that people are going to want to, um, she gets published listeners are action takers and they are always looking to find the ways in which they can improve themselves that are, are needle moving ways. And so tell us, where can we go and find the course so we can really you know dig what in? I want to do. 
I want to create a special link just for your people where the full price on it is $65, but I really love you and I love your people. So I'm going to create a link where it's only going to be $19.99. And so that is something that you'll be able to post in the show notes, I would imagine. And um, I can't put that one out to the public. So I'll just have to supply that one through you, Lynette, but I'm excited to offer that. That is amazing. I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Because I know that it is it is needle moving material. And so for less than $20 to be able to go and to have access to that kind of information um, is significant. So thank you for that. We are coming, coming to a close here. Is there anything, I sh- shouldn't say, is there anything? Because I know there is, but what would be the thing that you want to, the message that you want to leave our listeners with today? That the She Gets Published community, what's that one most important thing that you want them to remember about imposter syndrome? The spirit moves through you. The message isn't coming from you, it's coming through you. And I don't care if you're any particular religion, the greatness of the spirit of the information or the story or the change that you can bring to the world is not yours to own. So get out of the way and let it move through you and trust that it is good enough and you are good enough. Mm, I love that, Nancy. Thank you again a million times over for spending time with us on your Empowered Voices tour for your amazing offer uh, for us to go and get your course. And we look forward to following you on your tour. Where can we keep up to date with that? You know, on all the social medias, I'm at Nancy E. Foss. And my website, uh, well, there's the empowered under uh, empowered-voices.com. But my website is nancyboss.com. And I would love to see you at any one of those places. Fantastic. I'll make sure all of that goodness ends up in our show show notes and know that you will have very enthusiastic listeners from She Gets Published community following along and cheering you on um, as you continue to spread this message. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Lynette. That's a wrap for this week's episode. We can't wait to hear how you put what you learned today into action. Remember, the journey from book idea to bestseller and beyond is within your reach. Keep writing, keep learning, and keep pushing forward on your path to becoming the published author you aspire to be. And for more tips and encouragement to support you on the journey, follow us on Instagram at at she gets published. On behalf of your host, Lynette Pottle, thanks for being a part of the She Gets Published community. See you next time. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.